In 2023, wrestling cards are everywhere, and everyone's telling you to buy everything from every angle possible. But is that actually what you should do? Let's talk about it. What's up, wrestling fans, trading card collectors? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling With Cards, the podcast. Today, I want to touch on the idea of just because it's there doesn't mean you really want it or need it. But Zane, you can't tell me what I should or shouldn't do with my money or how I collect. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But I wanted to talk through this topic from a personal experience, as well as what I've seen other collectors in the wrestling card hobby kind of struggling with. But before we dive into this, just a few reminders of how you can help show your support for my content. Please subscribe wherever you're listening to this, leave a review on whatever platform you're on, and tell a friend. Spread the word, share it on social media, tag me in anything you want. Let's get more people listening to this podcast and growing the collecting community. Also, don't forget to check the links in the show notes to all of the other ways you can help show your support for my content. Links to my YouTube channel, which is the main hub of my content, Patreon, eBay, social media links, and much more. So let's start off with the glut of ultra-modern wrestling card products. I think for the longest time we were wanting something new and fresh in wrestling cards. Now, of course, Topps has put out some great products in the past, but again, we all wanted something new and fresh. And boy, did we ever get that. And I'm not talking about just the Panini products. Of course, we had all kinds of new stuff from them. But also, Upper Deck AEW products. Oh, wait, should I insert a joke about those products never actually coming out? Okay, no, I'll move on. We also had a ton of indie card releases starting to surface with new designs, a new concept featuring legends, and some talent that maybe had never had wrestling cards come out before. Now, the initial release of all of these products is great. We needed it. Now you can nitpick some of the product releases, maybe some of the checklists, the designs, or the availability, not being able to find it at retail, etc. But that's not what I'm talking about necessarily in today's episode. I'm just talking about new products existing instead of just tops and a few indie card sets here and there or one-off releases because for the longest time, that's all we had. And again, none of those things is inherently bad. In fact, I think it's good because it's brought in more new collectors than we've ever had before. But what comes next is what I think maybe could have been a negative effect for some, and that is the boom of the hobby product releases and its combination with social media. Social media is always a hot button issue for pretty much the entire world now for so many different reasons. Many of the reasons I could really care less about, I'm just focusing on the wrestling card aspect of social media for today's discussion. And I guess if you collect something else too, you could also say this sports card or magic or Pokemon or whatever. Because again, I think that the social media aspect that we're talking about today has affected the entire hobby. But it's not all bad on the wrestling card front. Some of the best wrestling card friends that I've made and the communities that I've joined or become a part of is because of social media. If social media didn't exist, I wouldn't know these people. I wouldn't be parts of these groups. In fact, I'd go as far as to say the popularity of wrestling cards would not be where it is today without social media. And sure, we've got negative aspects of certain people on hobby Twitter or on other social platforms, but the only negative that I want to zero in on here, maybe not what you think it is. When we talk about the hobby and social media, it's generally evolving around discussions, of course, but also posting your collections, posting your mail days, posting box break results, etc. Again, that's what it's for. Social media can be used as a tool to find other like-minded people, get together, talk about, interact with the things that you love, the things you have in common. But that being said, it can be a negative result for some people. I've talked to so many collectors privately 
that have actually had real struggles with this. Not because they're afraid to interact, although some may be. Not because they're afraid to talk about their collection or post pictures, but because they have fallen into a trap. And that trap being what everybody else is doing because they saw it on social media. They started seeing people having great luck with breaks. They started seeing people say, buy this guy, invest in this set, grade with this company. Buy vintage, buy modern, chase this person's true rookie, on and on and on. In some cases, that has really worked out for collectors, be it in a monetary standpoint, or maybe they stumbled onto some new PC items and favorite cards in their collection. In other cases, it didn't work out so well. But either way, many times the collectors didn't feel that fulfillment with a move or decision they made just because they saw someone else doing it. And I've done this personally where I've bought something I thought it was cool, which maybe it was or maybe it still is. But over time, I just lost connection with it. That happens. It's part of the evolution of collecting, I think. I can also say that I've borrowed some ideas or styles from certain people's collections or projects they're working on, kind of adapted that to what I like to do or what maybe fits my interest or my collection. But what I didn't do is I didn't go out and buy a lot of things just because I saw other people buying those exact things. Or I didn't want something just because I saw somebody else had it and I wanted to be better than them. Or I wanted to feel validated by them with having that same item. See my collecting habits, the way that I curate my collection, I could really care less what anybody thinks about it. Is it cool for people to see the stuff that I post and like it or want to talk about it or maybe it inspires them to collect something a certain way? Sure, absolutely. Is it cool when Karrion Cross retweets or replies to the cards that I post of him? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's about me. It's about my fun with the hobby. And in my opinion, I think that's what everybody should do and the way that everyone should approach the hobby. Now, I know it seems like I've talked a lot about mental focus on collecting these past few episodes, which I have. It's because I think it's important and not enough people are talking about it. Or maybe they just don't want to talk about it. They want to talk about the market or they want to talk about the latest grading company fiasco or Fanatics this or Tops that or blah, blah. In my opinion, the mental focus part of your collection is very important to remember why you're buying something in the first place. Why are you collecting what you're collecting? Are you buying things because everyone else is and you want to be like them? Are you buying things because it's the newest, latest, and greatest product release and you just think you have to have it because it's new? Are you buying things to flip or invest in? Or are you buying just because you want it for your collection? You don't care how much it costs or what the value is going to be worth in 10 years. Now, there's nothing inherently wrong with any of these reasons to buy something. I'm not necessarily telling you what you should or shouldn't spend your money on. I'm simply reacting to some of the frustrations I've seen from other collectors talking about this, as well as some other personal collecting experiences that I've gone through. The journey of collecting is always a learning process, and for me personally, I've had to go through several failures and experimentation with my collecting habits. Until I finally settled on a handful of things and pretty much just laser focused on those. And it wasn't because anybody told me to. It wasn't because I was trying to impress others. It was because it's what made me happy. It's what fit what I was doing. It fit my budget. And if going in a million different directions and spending a ton of money on whatever it is that you like makes you happy, then that's how you should collect. That's what you should do. Keep doing it by all means. Have fun with it. But I just wanted to record this episode to maybe give some words of advice about some potential collecting potholes to avoid and to help you in any way possible. Some frustrated collectors out there looking for a way to have more fun with their collecting, maybe you can pick up some of these and, you know, just because you missed out on a card you needed for your collection doesn't mean you have to go buy something just because you missed out on something else. Save that money, 
laser focus on what it is you truly want instead of wasting money on other things that you're going to just end up selling in a month anyway. What do you think about this topic? Do you have any advice for some other collectors on this topic? Let's get a discussion going. Do you agree, disagree? Maybe you have some other great ideas, tips, or tricks for collectors along these lines that I've talked about today. Reach out to me on all social platforms and again, tag me in anything. We can get a discussion going. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. If this episode brought you some value, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. Leave a review if you dig it and spread the word. Get more people collecting wrestling cards first and foremost if they're wrestling fans. And then of course, send them over to this podcast. Send them to my YouTube channel. Again, check out the links in the show notes. Until next time, keep collecting, keep having fun. Focus on what makes you have fun and your collecting journey. We'll see you.